The O3C Podcast is a proud member of the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the O3C Podcast, coming to you from O3C Games. My name's Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined by Chris Dow. Potassium. (laughs) And Minty Booth. I've fallen and I can't get up. And we are chatting about video games. Announcement! Announcement! Hello, chaps. Hi. How's it going? Good. 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 Real good. Good. I've had COVID. As have I. Oh, COVID party. Yeah, yeah. Hey. (laughs) That was the theme song that I wrote uh, during COVID. Um, We are here to talk about... COVID. No, we're not here to talk about COVID. This is meant to be our blissful distraction from the realities of this world. New this April from HyperX. It's the HyperX Clutch Controller. Get better control of your mobile gaming with its comfortable grip, directional pad, analog sticks, and shoulder buttons. This versatile controller can fit a variety of phone widths and can also connect wirelessly for use on tablets and PCs. Learn more and pick one up online at HyperXNHP.com, Amazon, Micro Center, Target, Best Buy, and other fine retailers. So we are here to talk about our top 100 lists. We are hammering our way through our amendments. Games that we've played in the last three years that we think, my God, I wish they were in our list. So my God, they are. It's Minty's turn this week. Minty is is taking his turn to amend his list even further. But before we talk about what game he's going to put into his top 100 list and what game inevitably has to leave... We're going to talk about what we've played this week, and Minty is going to kick us off. Minty, what have you played in the last week? Let me just uh, open up Rune Factory for you. Ooh. So, I I, I've got no idea how long the story is. I've got no idea how long um, what what any kind of uh, level caps or anything are. I'm currently level seventy three, which which could be yeah, that could just be an open ended thing. Maybe ninety nine is the highest. But I've I've grown a sword. You heard that right. I've grown a sword from some seeds, oh. and uh, it turns everything into leather. Like, mm. Not not well, not literally. It's just very very powerful. Um, so I'm happy with that. Last night there was a typhoon, oh, wow. which meant that my shield flower uh, got got swept away to parts unknown. And I'm, I'm currently growing an enormous head of corn that I got from a meteorite. Is that to be consumed or used as a weapon? This one is to be uh, consumed, sold. Ah. The other things that you might use corn for, apart from um, combat. <laughs> In this game, you can, instead of picking the corn, you can um, you can till it back into the soil and it will improve the soil quality. I don't really want to do that with this one from the meteor, though, because I imagine it will fetch a very good price at market. Ah, um, man, you've sold out. You've changed. In the pocket of big corn. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you over the sound of my money bags. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just give them my pockets a good old jingle. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's I haven't found a way to turn off the mini-map, um, which is a shame, so I just don't look at it. But on the rare occasion that I do, sometimes you will see uh, a villager's face in a little uh, pink teardrop. And that denotes that you can start a little romance quest, uh, which is quite nice. Nothing romantic has happened yet. I've helped somebody get their mirror out of a tree. I've helped somebody get their money back from some swindlers. I guess this is just sort of JRPG flirting, isn't it? <laughs> like you're you're a main character. You're walking around with a sword that 
that's made out of Corn. fucking daikon radish. This this is how main characters flirt, isn't it? I don't know. I wouldn't know. I've never flirted in my life. But it's nice because all the all the romance, I guess the the entirety of one character's uh, romantic journey split up into little chunks, so you can sort of do everybody's at once and get all those nice cut scenes and learn more about the characters. Um, it's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. The combat I also like. It's it's got a really nice mix of like the farming sim, but the dungeon crawling is really nice as well. You're never short of anything to do. Fishing as well, which we love oh. in our in our farming games. We love them in all our games. Do you like fishing? Yeah, I do like fishing in games. Yeah, yeah. There's a fishing mini game in Kirby. Mm. Oh, like could that game get any better? <laughs> Wouldn't know. Uh, I only played three minutes of the demo. Maybe I will play more of it. Oh yeah, I need to lend that to you. Mm. Maybe maybe when I'm not uh, plagued. Yeah, yeah. But the main thing that I have been playing this week. It's not so much a game per se, but it, it's 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 gamey. Duck. <laughs> I finally got around to figuring out how my Digimon Vital Bracelet works. Oh, that oh. bastard! Yeah. How's he getting on? You may remember a few weeks ago when I ran the uh, the Cardiff Half Marathon, um, and I was just blindly pressing it um, every time I heard it beep. Um, <laughs> what I was doing now that I don't have um, the the burning sun in my eyes for for 13 miles. Um, I had selected Adventure Mission. It gives you 15 um, step increments that you have to match. It goes like 500, 1,000, 2,000, etc., etc. And at the end of each increment, you get a Digimon that you have to fight. Um, So I was was hearing this happen. I was just like, click, click. Maybe it's doing something fun. Maybe I've got a prize or something instead of just getting fucking walloped. Um, now that I can actually see what I'm doing, I've gotten up to stage seven, and I finally got a, a champion level Digimon in Bulkmon. Wow, he sounds I believe, hefty. Yeah, <laughs> big boy mon. Yeah, <laughs> Chonkmon. <This, laughs> he, he evolved from Pulsemon. Lentils are good for protein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Macromon. Mm-hmm. Um, the point I'm trying to make is. All the Digimon that came pre-packaged on the little um, card that you insert that came with the bracelet. Well, first of all, they're, they're a horrible chartreuse colour. What colour is chartreuse? It's like a nasty green. green. It's like, what if what if, what if if piss was radioactive? Right, okay, Toxic Avenger piss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're all this colour. Um, they've all got um, silly, like sporty, weightlifting, bike riding gimmicks, which is I'm, 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 I don't really care about. So uh, I've, I have ordered a, another couple of cards that have got some of my favourite Digimon in them. So this is a this is like a, an officially licensed Digimon thing. So this yeah. is not just like a yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen any of the uh, the, the newer cartoons, but all, all the older series they did have um, in their merchandise. They had um, they had the digital Digivices that they had in the cartoon that you could buy, and they were pedometers as well. They were right. like the Pokewalker. You could. Um, could stick them on your belt and go for a run and every few thousand steps you'd find a new digimon and all the rest of it um this one it, it, it's it's very much the same um but instead of doing things that you would do with things like tamagotchis instead of just feeding them cleaning up their shit and turning the lights out at eight o'clock for them to go to sleep um you don't have to do any of that you just you just if, if your Digimon is upset or is feeling a little restless, just go for a run or go for a little walk. Um, 
it's loaded with things like uh, like missions. So the normal mission is just like you know like walk for a few minutes. Then you've got the advanced missions, which are do twenty seconds punching or twenty seconds of squats. Mm-hmm. It sounds silly, but they are motivating. They are motivating, um, and depending on um, how many battles you win with your Digimon, how many steps you do, how many how many missions you complete or how many like uh, how much health your digimon has after a certain time uh, it'll it'll digivolve into something different so i'm going down the left hand side of the impulse city family tree so i i've got my bulkmon here um, who is very hard um, to to keep happy through exercise have you nicknamed him leon oh he's hard as well isn't he well hard yeah Chartreuse Street. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just got that. That's very good. Thank you. Uh, I'm going down the left-hand side because I think this is the branch of the family tree that requires you to do the most exercise. Um, so I'm going to get that one out of the way so that I can just calm down a little. Hush your bobbins a bit. Yeah, I start my job that um, requires me to sit still for oh, yeah. eight hours a day. Um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be digivolving in about... 10 or 15 minutes um so i'll keep you posted do yeah i think if the if the companion app on your on your phone wasn't the companion app is like a it's like a stat screen um which utilizes the bigger phone screen it also it's also things like a, like online battling um you can buy items to keep your digimon happy or give it a little boost I think if it had more of a, a game gamey element to it, like maybe a gentle Pokemon Go integration, I'd probably consider putting it in my list. Oh, wow! But I think for me, it's just it's, it's it's just not quite there in terms of passing the threshold of being video gamey. It's um it's wearable tech. It's a it's a quality of life thing. It's fun. It's 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 motivated me to 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 get up and be a little bit more active. Um yeah. So I've got two more two more sets of Digimon cards coming in. 28 days do you remember when stuff would get to you in 28 days yeah yeah the dark dark times of the early internet and mail order yeah goodness me thumbing through the back of a magazine for a dodgy number (laughs) just so you can get your mum to order you pokemon Mm. i remember even before that like back in primary school i ordered some like lcd game that was just like a hundred in one and it was like a bunch of tetris clones and things like that and that took at least two months to oh, wait yeah, for in the post. Yeah. And every day I was like, Mummy, has it come? <laughs> but then when it did arrive, I played it for fucking like 20 hours a day for about six months. So I think I got my money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> that's my amendment for next week. <laughs> yeah, that's it for me. Well, there we go. Chris, what have you played this week? Uh, a few bits. I think my, my Elden Ring playthrough has slowed down a bit. I haven't stopped, but it has slowed mm. down a bit. We don't like we don't like the sound of this, Chris. I have very actively given time every day to play it to make sure I don't lose the momentum that I've built up. Good. So I, I'm consciously doing that because I know the way I play games. If I leave it a week, that that it will just escape my memory. Oh, then. That's gone. That's dead to you. Yeah. I've currently hit a point where I've managed to level up my character finally to be able to actually use the golden halberd I got from the tree sentinel at the start effectively. Oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. And and that's very exciting. Yeah. Um. You know, it might mean nothing if you're not playing this game, but it's 
suddenly I can actually backstab an enemy, one hit, gone, and move on. Whereas before, it's, you know, I'd take off half the health and then still have to have a little bit of a skirmish. And it's simple things like that that do make the game easier as you go. Yeah. You know, it gets softer, as it were. I've also attempted to use your advice from one of the streams I did about keeping my armor weight down uh, so I can yes. roll faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all these sort of things, I feel that whilst there's still probably 800 systems in this game that I've not got the hang of, yeah. the few that I've started to engage with are making the game a bit easier. Good. Not, not easy, no, God, no. but a bit easier. And because of that, there's been a few named encounters I've stumbled across recently that I've taken down pretty much in a single try. Brilliant. And whilst they aren't like big, massive bosses, that I was able to kind of see what was going on and then outmaneuver them and then kind of use the different skills and whatever I had, timing my strikes, whatever. It shows that I am improving slowly in some areas. Yeah. So it's all incremental progress. What's odd in, in playing a game like this for me is that I know how I usually dart between things really quickly and the sort of games I normally get sucked into and how they play as well. Taking an example of something like, say, Tetris 99 when that came out or The Witness when I was playing that obsessively or even... GTI Club, not that long ago. When I get really stuck and hooked on something like that, time passes and then I'm completely unaware because it feels so airy, it, it just doesn't register for me. Whereas for Elden Ring, it's always a slog. <laughs> like, it's not meant to be an easy walk in the park sort of game. So that is the point. It's not meant to be something that you just go, oh, what a breezy afternoon. <laughs> because you, you have to earn your progress. But the way we play games that's different, I think, is whilst for someone like you, Jonathan, that grueling part of it is what kept you pushing onwards, I think, or I, I assume. Whereas for me, you know, I've played the game now for, for 25, maybe 30 hours. I'm still very conscious of that feeling that I'm kind of playing and the time is passing. Like I'm very present in that. Whereas if I play Tetris for two hours, my brain goes, oh, it was 10 and now it's 12. Mm. And, and that's it. Whereas if I play Elden Ring for two hours, my brain is going, I can't fucking believe it took you two hours to get through that section. <laughs> yeah. Like you must have done that same encounter 35 times. Why are you so bad at this? <laughs> and and there's a strange psychology to that. And, and maybe this is something that rings true for others out there. Maybe it's just me and the way that my head works. I don't know. But I, I am kind of aware of time in a slightly different way than I would be if I was playing a different game. And I think that it's, it's always this challenge because in my head, I'm like, well, I want to play everything. I want to have a go at absolutely everything that exists. And and the more time I play one thing, the less time I've given to other stuff. And that's always this this conscious kind of feeling in the back of my head, which I don't know how to shake. It's like a strange fear of missing out for the things that I'm not even sure I am missing out on. <laughs> it's, 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 odd. it's odd. I know what you mean, yeah. Moving on a little. When I first started playing Elden Ring, I was using Chocobo GP as sort of like a salve for when things got tough. Yeah. But um, this last week, I, I unlocked the big marquee reward in the season pass thing, which was Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Um, like when you hit level 60 on that kind of battle pass thing, that's your, your, big, your big win kind of thing. And because of that, I put the game down for a little bit. Like I've played it a lot and I feel like I've seen most of the stuff I need to see at the moment. So the developers have promised new tracks and some other new additions and amendments in the next season, which I think starts midway through May, I think. And I'll probably pop back in then. But at the moment, I think it's been retired from daily play mm. because I did play it a lot <laughs> and, and I was getting kind of a bit bored at that stage. It was like, I just need those last few levels. So I've I've got the the kind of big ticket reward and then I can, I can do something yeah. else. Well, well done. Well done for getting that. Thank you. Thank you. Instead, I've been playing some other Switch games. Uh, like some cartridges that I've had on the shelf for a while or, or digital games that got bought in sales and have been buried in system storage. The ones I probably put the most time into this week, a game called Into the Dead 2. It's it's a kind of story and level-based take on The Endless Runner. Mm. 
and you're navigating through a zombie horde. You, you manage ammunition, you level up weapons, you complete little side tasks in each stage. And I've owned it for ages. Like I picked it up back in maybe the first year of the Switch's life when retail games were pretty slim. And I saw this on a shelf one day and I was like, oh, something I don't know. So I must play it. <laughs> and back then I played it quite a bit. And for some reason this week just thought, oh, you know, I could I could revisit that. And I do like it quite a lot. Like it's it's simple, but it's satisfying. Each level is only even like a few minutes long, but it's got that mobile incentive thing to go back and try for the other goals to kind of up your star rating. But it's never gated in the same way that a mobile game is, that it's not like to do with a power level. You know, there's not an energy meter or anything like that. It's just you might do better and then you might get more stars. Mm. When you get further into the game, you can unlock other additional side stories and campaigns, including one that's themed around the original Night of the Living Dead, Fun. which could be quite exciting when I get there, just to see how they tie that in. Uh, and another one that's officially licensed and themed around Ghostbusters, oh. which I, I don't know how that will fit in, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing how that translates to kind of the, the gameplay of this, essentially just running forwards and shooting zombies in the face. <laughs> I guess it's running forwards and, and zapping ghosts. Bust, busting ghosts, I imagine. And putting them in the little in the little boxes i don't know but we'll, we'll see on the thinking of ghosts ghost runner is the other game i've been playing oh yeah 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 yeah. how is it it's it's good like at its simplest it's essentially super meat boy in first person Ugh. like it's a it's a really punishing twitchy parkour platformer um where one hit kills you but one hit also kills all the enemies as well so it's it's very fine margins like doing well and, and not doing <laughs> <laughs> like uh all the inputs are based around the shoulder buttons on the pad because you absolutely need to keep the analog six free to to be in constant motion. And you've basically got your controls as L2 is grapple, L1 is dash, R1 is jump, R2 is slash. And for the first stage or two, I spent a lot of time just falling over my fingers. Like I just couldn't get used to what was going on, even when the level layout was quite straightforward. But I've I've trained myself enough now that as it gets to kind of like more open areas and, and bigger combat encounters with more enemies... I can get around the area now without making too many movement mistakes, even if it still takes me 50 attempts to actually take everyone down and, and move forwards. <laughs> it's it's really fun, though. I think, you know, I, I don't necessarily think I'm always the target market for these kind of games, but it is really enjoyable to kind of manage to do it each time when you get hung up on it in the same way that, you know, enemies in Elden Ring have that same sort of feeling. This is a bit different because it's like an instant restart. If you fail something, just straight back to the checkpoint, off you go again. Uh. But it does feel good when you get through it and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I did really well then. <laughs> it runs and performs incredibly well on the Switch as well. Um, that's why I'm playing it. And and despite the Switch probably being the worst platform to play this on, you know, because the Xbox Series X version, the PS5 version, they run at a native 4K and I think at 120 frames per second. <laughs> Goodness. And, you know, on the Switch, you've got, you've got a lower smeary resolution. You've got a 30 frames per second cap it's not going to be the place to break records if this is a game you really want to get into. But I just, I'm always so impressed stuff like this is ported and even runs at all on the little handheld. And with every passing year, the Switch becomes less and less suitable in keeping up with bigger releases like this. But I always get a genuine thrill just seeing how this stuff is compressed down to fit in, you know, what is now five-year-old tech that even at launch was already five-year-old components. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's really low-powered hardware and it's really dumb that this stuff still runs. The only disappointment with playing it on the Switch is I did very well in a section yesterday, press the little kind of capture video button, but the game takes up all of the RAM. So you, you can't take a video. And I was really <laughs> gutted. Oh, that's a shame. 
I was really consciously thinking, it's like, oh, this is going to be so good when I share this and say, look how good I am in this stupid game. <laughs> and then it was like, sorry, you can't do recording in this game. And that was Aww. that was sad. That That's was sad. sad for all of us, yeah. But it runs, it's smooth, it's fun, it's good. The final thing that I wanted to mention, I've played the first couple of stages of like a, a retro throwback platformer on the Switch called Sydney Hunter. <laughs> and then it's got some, it's got some like long-winded uh, subtitle as well. But Sydney Hunter is the character. Sydney Hunter. That's, that's on the box art. Isn't that Steve Irwin? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Now th- this compared to Ghost Runner is much more in the wheelhouse of the Switch because it's a 2D platformer adventure game. It feels like a sort of DOS era throwback or or maybe like a Spectrum platformer if that old machine had a lot more oomph and colour. But it's got so, sort of like a feel of those sort of games. And you're playing essentially like an Indiana Jones analogue. You're whipping things, you collect gems, you revisit stages to find hidden treasures. And it's it's just a nice time. You know, it's, it's quite pricey at full price. But I think when I picked it up, it was probably about three or four pounds in a sale. And at that price point, it's well worth it for what seems like quite a, a bulky platforming package that, you know, in the same way that Shovel Knight does quite well, it leans into the past whilst not feeling dated. It kind of modernises some of those ideas. So, yeah, it's it's nice. For a few quid, I would say, give it a go as well. And I think that's pretty much been my week, all in all. Well, there we go. There we go. So, I've had COVID uh, in this last week, which meant I've basically had a migraine for five days, couldn't get out of bed. The other potential cause of that migraine was that I chugged 60 hours into Elden Ring on my Steam Deck uh, during that time and uh, completed it for a second time. <laughs> I, I would say you are sick in the head, but I mean, you have had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, there's a dual meaning there. There's a dual You've meaning. You've got to do whatever you can to survive is, uh, is the lesson to take. I mean, it was just obviously absolutely brilliant. I had an incredible time just enjoying the gameplay and the spectacle of the game and you know the spectacle of the areas and the bosses it was really fun knowing exactly what i was doing and feeling like i had the upper hand on the lands between which obviously i definitely didn't feel i had for the first 120 hours i put into it over on the uh, the old ps5 it was just brilliant to play it on, on the steam deck just to sit in bed and play it all over it's just it's mad it's mad that it that it that i can do that and you know after that i just lent into pretty much what i got the steam deck for which was to play all of from software's games in handheld (laughs) Uh, and i mean i think i said when i first played elden ring that you know it takes a lot of elements from all of FromSoft's back catalog with like the stealth and movement being more you know, fluid and freestyle like in Sekiro and the weapon choices and combos being more complex like Bloodborne. Obviously it built on the solid foundation of what they developed throughout the three Dark Souls games. And I put Elden Ring down and I just wanted more. So I started Dark Souls 3. (laughs) Uh, And I'm very aware of how much of a step forward Elden Ring is over Dark Souls. Uh, And not necessarily... Not necessarily as like an improvement, but just in terms of how much more open the game is and feels to play. Dark Souls is very, very claustrophobic. Uh, I missed the jump button, so I tried like initially. I tried to just remap some of the controls so that it felt a bit more Elden Ringy. Uh, but I, I think what I just really wanted was a uh, was a jump button. So I bought and started a new playthrough of Sekiro. Oh, oh. oh my goodness me! I love that game. I really, really really love the game 
it's he is really it's tough and there are times certainly when i started this playthrough i was like i don't know if I, I don't know if i've got it in me to to get good at this game because it's a game that you can't you know yeah there's a few bosses you can you can cheese and there's some some interesting strategies to sort of glitch your way around a couple of bosses for a, a slightly easier win but 90% of the game, 90% of the big battles, you've just got to do. You can't summon other people in. You can't summon spirit ashes to help you. You've, you're just It's just you versus them. And it's so good. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just so good. I've enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would going back to it because I, I did I did wonder I thought oh, is this am I just gonna you know hit a roadblock and just be like oh, I can't be bothered to get good at this you know it's fun to have it on the handheld but you know meh. but I'm probably I don't know 10 11 12 hours into it now uh, and it's just yeah, it's so beautiful. I love it. It's got such a different feel uh, to it than like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Elden Ring. It's uh, you know obviously just like tonally and story-wise and setting-wise, it's very, very different. And I, I love that. I love that about it. So much of the system, uh, the, the, the you know, the way the game works in terms of, like, experience and levelling up and all that sort of stuff and weapons and upgrading. That, well, there aren't weapons for a start. You just have a sword and then you, you know, you, you, you earn skill points and they cap off and you don't, you don't lose stuff. Well, you do lose stuff when you die, but you don't get a chance to, like, go and get it back uh, because as the title alludes to uh you die twice so rather than sort of having the mechanic where if you die you get a chance to go back and retrieve your lost currency um if you die you can come back immediately uh, and uh, and either try and get out or you know try and try and push through and um uh win the day <laughs> win the day <laughs> who am i and i think that sort of game loop uh, that you get which is the reason like why i find these games so addictive is if you if you explore a new bit and you die, I, I don't want to stop because I'm very aware that my, my runes or my souls or my blood or whatever it is in the game, they're still out there. And it's like, I really just need to go and get it back. And if I get it back, it's very unlikely that I'm just going to be like, right, I'm just going to run away again. I'm going to be like, okay, I've got them back. Mm, okay, let's see if I can just, just try this one more time. Just one more time. And then I might, I might die. But then I'm like, ah, uh, okay, just need to go get my souls back. Okay. <laughs> I was going to try this one more time. Yeah. And you and I it's so addictive and then when you beat it you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." And you feel like that sense of like power that you get and satisfaction that you get from beating a bit, uh coupled with, you know, uh, the intrigue and the curiosity of exploring the next bit then makes you go Oh, I'll just push on for a little bit more. I see what see what's here. Oh, I died. Oh, God, I can't leave those runes out there. Oh, I've got to go back. Um, you know, and 120 hours, 60 hours, just oh. But the the system in Sekiro isn't isn't quite the same as that. So I did think you know maybe it won't like hook me in as much as uh, as much as those games. But that's where the beauty of of it being a handheld game comes in. I can just be like oh, turn it off put it down and then like five minutes later just be like ah gonna give it another go power on steam deck boots up as quick as the switch does you're straight back in there because i'm not playing the game online like elden ring i don't need to worry about it like retaining an internet connection and booting me out and, and having to restart and all that stuff it is just bam straight in and you can pause the game that's one of the other best things about Skiro. one of the other best things <laughs> what am i saying <laughs> I mean, as, as testament to you saying the Steam Deck just lets you hop in and hop out, when I'm sitting on my laptop working, yeah. 
the notification has been popping up sometimes like multiple times in an hour that Jonathan Dunn is playing Sekiro. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, it'll go, Jonathan Dunn is playing Sekiro. Yeah. So presumably that's the point where you've gone, oh, fuck it. I'll put it down for a few minutes. Yeah. And then you're just back in again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. That is it. I mean, the, the, we've talked about, you know, how great the pickup and playability of the Switch is. Um, and to have that for these games is so good. Like, I know you said, Chris, that like, uh, you know, starting to sort of know where you're at with Elden Ring opens the door a little bit for you to maybe, you know, visit one of the other games in the future. Yeah. And I, I really do think you'd like Sekiro because, you know, I've said this before and it, because it, it is so much of it is rhythm based, like the combat uh, and the parrying and stuff like that. It really is, you know, it, there's so much rhythm to it. Yeah. More than you memorise watching the patterns of the movements you're just you're memorizing just the rhythm the beats that you have to hit to block them Mm. and the sound design in the game is astonishing and i didn't quite realize it until this time because i think i've said before usually when i'm playing something in handheld uh i haven't got the sound on because like my default playing a handheld game is i'm you know doing something else i'm watching something else or whatever uh, but not having the sound in sekiro makes me realize how much is going on with it that tells you what to do mm. and just it's extraordinary it really is like just knowing the sound of when enemies have seen you versus when they're switching off versus when they're, you know, sort of um, back to their, you know, idling or whatever. Um, just subtle things like that, you know, just just let you know where you are without even... It's not like, bing bong, or, you know, or like, Wah, like it does in like um, Metal Gear Solid or something, you know. Um, it's just, it's just, it's very subtle. It's very subtle and it's, 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 there's an ambience to it that's just so clever. But then also, yeah, with the boss fights and when you're doing any sort of fighting, any sort of combat in the game, enemy movement patterns have sometimes like slightly different sounds before they do a combo or slightly different thing that, that makes you go, oh, they're going to do a, a sweep attack, which means I've got to jump over it. Um, and yeah, and again, then you're replying in rhythm. You're hearing rhythm, you're replying in rhythm. It's a rhythm game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I caused a bit of controversy in our Discord by positing that I think Sekiro might be better than Bloodborne. It's too early to tell. Well. <laughs> it's too early to tell. I, yeah, I And, you know, I know that it, it may or may not be better than Bloodborne. It might not be as good as the other Souls games. But what it certainly is, is, is different to those Bloodborne feels like a Souls game, even though it's got a very different aesthetic and, yeah, the combat is slightly different. It's, you know, but Sekiro feels like it's, yeah, it's from software really stepping out and trying something different. And I think it's just, it's remarkably successful. Obviously, I haven't spoken about it in my list yet, in my amendments. I haven't spoken about any of the Souls games or Bloodborne or Elden Ring or any of these. And I'm really hoping that I get the chance to revisit all of them before I start to talk about them. I really do want to play Bloodborne again. I'm just gutted it's not on the Steam Deck. But there we go. There we go. That's what I've done. Steam Deck's incredible. From Software, incredible. I'm feeling a bit better. (laughs) (laughs) So, to stop these episodes getting too long... (laughs) Goodness me. We're breaking up our amendments into separate episodes, and it's Minty's turn to talk about his latest amendment. Minty, what game are you amending your list with? What is leaving? Where's this one going? What is it? Which one are you again? Okay, just gonna just gonna lube up the pipes here. One second. 
<laughs> As you were speaking, um, my Bulkmon evolved into Boutmon. Oh! An ultimate level Digimon uh, who is well versed in all forms of martial combat. Well done. Well done, that Mon there. Well done, that Mon. <laughs> <laughs> was correct in my assumption it's gone from being um difficult to maintain mood to very difficult to maintain mood so looks like i'm wearing shorts tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) i've said many times that when it comes to a first person shooter i'm a very bad at them and b uh, quite easily spooked i love playing them i really love playing them but i do often get frustrated when it comes to uh choosing like a difficulty level. I can beat easy mode, fine, which, you know, is a given, really. But I just wish it was as exhilarating as, like, just higher difficulty levels. Take Doom, uh, f- for instance, which is probably the only example I can really choose because it's the reason that I am so bad at shooters. Giving the player a no-monsters option just caused what little skill and capacity for growth I had as a child to just completely atrophy. But... Now I'm a big brave boy, and <laughs> Bethesda forced you to play with, uh, with with monsters turned on, swines. I'm slowly completing maps, episodes, wads at my own pace, and I just wish there was an ultra-violence minus setting. Like, <laughs> the same amount of monsters to kill, but they've all been slowed down just a touch. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think that would be nice. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I like to consider things when I'm playing games. It's why I love things like rich backstories, complicated menus, um, even things like visible numbers for your stats and shit like that. I'm treating playing first-person shooters like weight training now. I'm a limp stick of celery now, (laughs) but I've got a lot to catch up on, and one day I'm going to have a satisfying crunch. (laughs) Doom was the only PC shooter I had growing up, or rather the only full first-person shooter I had. We had demo discs from various magazines with things like Half-Life on them. Monumental classics that I've never played anything past the tutorial of. Um, Heretic 2 was another one. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, third-person action-adventure from Activision, and the only one in the Heretic and Hexen series not to have in any affiliation with id Software. Um, never got past the tutorial on that either, which was basically just a platforming section with a chicken at the end mm. that you could practice combat on. I have probably mentioned this in the podcast before, but here's the level of ability that I had as a kid. Despite this chicken being tied up and hanging upside down from the ceiling, completely unable to retaliate, I did still manage to uh, jib myself on it on several occasions. <laughs> Why am I talking about Doom again? Why am I talking about how bad I am at first-person shooters again? Well, I think the era of late 90s and early 2000s shooters was just such an enticing and mystifying facet of gaming for me. I always felt so, so frustrated that I was held back from enjoying them to the extent they deserved because of my poor gaming reflexes and the general fortitude of a baby deer that I have. Hmm. It's the same thing with rhythm games. Like, I love them. Love a bit of drunken guitar hero at a party or watching playthroughs of things like Rhythm Tengoku, but that's all I, I, I can really do. That's all I can really be, a spectator. Fast forward to 2021, though, and wouldn't you know it, those beautiful fools over at Night Dive remastered Quake. It's amazing, and it's going in my list. 
For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Quake's a 3D first-person shooter that builds upon the good work of Doom. It's fast-paced, run-and-gun gameplay, just cranked up. Instead of temporal anomalies uh, belching legions of demons from the depths of hell, though, Quake draws inspiration from things like uh, cosmicism, the Cthulhu mythos, and the deeper creeping threats and philosophical intensity from the writer H.P. Lovecraft. Thankfully, the developers left his views on non-white people out of the game, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. The atmosphere in this game is second to none. Along, alongside the, uh, the Lovecraftian enemies, the maps themselves draw from the Gothic and the medieval. They intertwine foreboding architecture and moody lighting with miserable caverns and decaying technology. I've played through everything on included in the remastered version, which I think um, is the base game. The two expansions that, that came out shortly after. One that came out in 2016 and one that came out in 2019. And I'm constantly in awe of just how well each level is designed. Like from the relative simplicity of, uh, of the maps in the base game and, and the earlier expansions, right through to the, um, the really expansive and detailed maps from, from the later expansions, particularly uh, the Dimension of the Machine, which is just... It's just incredible. It's a masterwork. It really is. Seeing the evolution of level design from 1996 to 2019, oh, astonishing. Absolutely fascinating. I remember in those PC gaming magazines that had uh, had those demo discs on them, there was always a full-page spread for John Romero's Daikatana. And the one thing that everybody was so hyped up about, the main reason that everybody was really excited for it, was because it promised to have over 100 guns in it. <laughs> and going back to things like Doom and Quake, it's like... Well, that that's not that's not really a selling point. Too many, too many, far too many. Like Doom had seven, Quake has two shotguns, two machine guns, two rocket launchers, and an electricity gun. That's all you need. Every single one is so distinct and so unique in um, in how you use it, in its advantages and its disadvantages. Every single weapon has its own place, has its own niche, and has its own effectiveness. And each enemy as well is so distinct, building on that lovely roster of enemies that we got from Doom 2, which was nearly perfect in how well each enemy was balanced, the place that they fit in into level design and how they played off each other. I, I could, we could probably count how many enemies there are, different enemies there are in Quake on, well, maybe two hands. You had uh, Man, Dog, uh, yes. uh, Floating Torso, Little Blob. <laughs> Um, the weird little spider thing uh, and big fella <laughs> he's my favorite oh i, I hate big fella. um it's it's an incredible game it's so involving it's got such an incredible atmosphere to it yeah it's it's brilliant it's it's, it's doom taking a step further it's really really great um and i'm gonna put it in my list. number one i have decided is it going above doom it's not going above oh, doom no no well um, Doom a step further, my foot. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to place because it's 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 not only how much I how much I enjoy the game itself. Um, I, I I'm hoping that putting this in my list offers reparations to all those games that I only got to the tutorial on, and uh, all the times <laughs> that that I I turned off the game as soon as I heard a monster go. <laughs> <laughs> So th this is like an apology to a genre. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. It's an apology to a genre that I've come into far too late. Do you know what? We are going to go quite high. Ooh. Yeah. It's going to be a straight swap. It's going in at number 29, replacing Saints Row 4. Wow. Ooh. 
You love that game, though, don't you? I do love that game, yes. You had another Saints Row game in there, haven't you? Saints Row 2 is my number 9. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, that's okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saints yeah. Row 2 yeah. is the is is the epitome of the Saints Row franchise. Yeah, it, it just got so many good things going for it. Uh, the writing is fantastic. The gameplay is wonderful. Saints Row 4 is still a fantastic game. I still love it to bits. But it's, but it's not Quake. It's, it's no Quake. It's no Quake. And... That, 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 that's it it's just straight swap Quake in at number 29 wow Solid. fair play have you ever tried or played one of the new Doom games Doom or Doom Eternal do you know what I have not no well I installed Doom Eternal on my Steam Deck you know there's a bit of a test its metal type of thing just mm. because that game is, is just insane my god it runs well um, oh. it's Oh, it's stupid. It's, I mean, it is stupid. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, I really, really like Doom uh, and Doom Eternal. Um, it, we, like, it felt like I played for a lot longer than uh, than I had. And I was like, oh, yeah, I probably played a good, like, the first, like, you know, two or three hours of Doom Eternal. And I loaded it up and it was like 30 minutes played. I'm like, what? Oh. It's just, it's so fast. <laughs> Yeah, you feel like you're trying to keep up uh, throughout it, which which may not suit you if uh, your instinct is to slow games down to be more enjoyable. Um, but uh, when I see you next, I'll definitely, definitely let you have a go at, at Doom Eternal on the Steam Deck. I do, yeah, I'd definitely be open to trying it. Because um... I'm sure the, I mean, I'm sure the Switch port is actually is really, really good. Because the, the, I've got the Switch port of the um, the first new doom and yeah it just it plays brilliantly i mean it's a bit muddy to look at but it, it's great fun mm. so there we go that was minty's amendment and of course it was quake what a game what a game if you haven't played it play it tell us what you think of it tell us what you think about other games as well we'd love to hear from you you can get in touch with us on social media we are at o3c games on pretty much everything or you can check out our website, o3c.games. On there, there are tons of brilliant things, such as loads of articles that we've written about games, thoughts, everything. It's oh, loads, of, loads of good reads. Loads of good reads. There is also loads of videos on there that you can watch, uh, including streaming content, little mini documentaries. Oh, loads of stuff. Loads of great stuff. Check it all out. Check it, check it, check it. Or you can reach out to us individually. I'm on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn. I am at Chaz underscore Hodges. I'm Clement underscore Boo. Please do join us next week where Chris will be amending his list even further. What's it going to be? Or will it be better than Quake? Don't know. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. SequelCast 2 and Friends looks at movies and video games and franchises one movie and game at a time. Hosted by Matt bradley Shergi, Thrasher, and Alex Miller, been going since 2009, and we're part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Superhero stuff you should know! Go deeper than you've gone before into your favorite comic book films, storylines, and characters. Superhero stuff you should know. Part of the HyperX Podcast Network. (laughs) 
New this April from HyperX, it's the HyperX Clutch Controller. Get better control of your mobile gaming with its comfortable grip, directional pad, analog sticks and shoulder buttons. This versatile controller can fit a variety of phone widths and can also connect wirelessly for use on tablets and PCs. Learn more, pick up one online at HyperX and HP.com, Amazon, Micro Center, Target, Best Buy, many other fine retailers, probably in the UK as well. Hopefully, I don't know, have a look.